Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Thanks for joining us on this episode of In Doubt. My name's Courtney, the In Doubt Coordinator, and it's so good to have you with us. On this week's episode of In Doubt, author Kristen Strong joins us to discuss a fundamental desire that is deep inside of us. This is the desire to truly belong, belonging reaching further than just having friends. The feeling of belonging is also the feeling of being known, and this feeling is something that we all need. It's how God created us to be. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Isaac and Kristen Strong. With me today is author, blogger, speaker, Kristen Strong. It's great to have you with us today, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. You know, before we spend some time discussing your new book and sort of the themes that it covers, uh, why don't you just first take some time to share with us who you are, because I I don't know you, um, your maybe your conversion (laughs) story, and then also just what you do. Well, sure. Um, Well, I am a, I was a longtime military wife. And I grew up in Oklahoma. Um, I grew up on, interestingly enough, O'Neill Lane, and my maiden name is O'Neill. And so everybody's last name on O'Neill Lane was (laughs) O'Neill. So I grew up where um, in a wonderful uh, environment, a wonderful, really deep rooted, full of family environment. And so to go from that to marrying my college sweetheart, who was uh, in the process of becoming an Air Force officer, and then moving around quite a bit, you know, that was a bit of a different lifestyle that I had to get used to. But I would say uh, I don't really feel like I have a big conversion story because my parents were believers. Um, My dad, some of my earliest memories are from him telling us about Jesus and making God very real in our everyday life. So that was, you know, a real blessing. Um, I would say today I live in Colorado Springs. I'm the mother of three children. I have twin sons and then a younger daughter. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The military brought us here. And then my husband retired a couple of years ago. And so, but we stay here uh, and uh, we decided to put down some more roots here. And so I work here as a mom and an author, writer, you know, in the, in the times when people are at school. That's awesome. That's great. And you know what? When you're talking about your your testimony, your conversion, it just it reminds me of something else that someone else said once. They said the best or the most extravagant part of their conversion uh, was actually nothing that happened in their life, but it was what Christ did for them 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Anyways, you have just written a new book called Back Roads to Belonging, Unexpected Paths to Finding Your Place and Your People. So, As a way to maybe give us just a working knowledge of the content uh, and the aim and the goals of your book, could you just kind of walk us through that title and kind of explain it as you go? Well, sure. So I I feel like the Lord just gave me that one day. You know, I grew up uh, literally on the back roads, and I've always been drawn to a literal back road. I enjoy... I just enjoy country gravel lanes and whatnot. But um, I certainly have found throughout my life as a military wife and even just in other areas of my life, whether it was as a mom or uh, what have you, you know, just often struggling with that feeling of being on the outside looking in, just struggling with finding a sense of belonging. And so I have tried 
what I believe is something that the, the two different things that a lot of us try. I have driven this, the crowded super highways where, you know, I just sort of jump up and down and try to get noticed or try to get in where I feel like I'm, you know, I want to be in. And then, you know, if you, it, when I get my feelings hurt or if I feel a sense of rejection, then I go the opposite extreme. And I, I kind of think, never mind, I'll just stay at home <laughs> and not bother. And neither of those are good ideas. So it just this idea of taking the back road way to, to belonging where you are seen less, but you sense your belonging more as you remain in Christ and relax into where the Lord has put you today. And so what would that look like to think, okay, my starting place today, where has God put me today? He wants me to belong where I am. Using where I am as a starting point, how can I expand my sense of belonging um, to the degree that I am feeling called to to do? Yeah, that's so good. Kristen, you organized your book in these three parts and you've titled them as Wandering, Finding, and then Inviting. Um, so what is the purpose of those and what are you kind of seeking to achieve starting with wandering and then finding, then inviting? Sure. Well, I organized it this way because I feel like it's just sort of a natural progression in finding your place and your people. And so first would be the wandering section. And what that relates to is, you know, God's ways are rarely straight paths. <laughs> he he just invites wandering on the journey. And I think that's just to help build our, our uh, you know, faith muscles. I think about when in Acts 16, God led Paul and Silas and Timothy to preach the word in, in a particular region. But ha however, as they traveled, like doors were definitively closed left and right. And they were, they were following his exact, they were following his direction, yet it seemed like complete dead ends. Well, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you, the Lord asks us to wander so that we see a door closes, not the end of things. It's a direction changed. And then uh, you know, as we see in that in that particular story, they ended up, Paul was told in a dream to uh, go to a more uh, specific area to preach. And that is what he did. And and that door opened and it that's where it was. But he had to wander a little bit first. And I think we're called to do the same. So that's why I have that first in the book, because wandering is sometimes a part of the journey. And so then the second section of the book is the finding section. And it is sort of like, okay, I want to find my place in my people. And so it looks like maybe starting with where I am, like I mentioned earlier, you know, are there some belonging places that I am already a part of, but because I'm so busy looking over there, I'm not really investing where God has me now. Am I missing the blessing of where I am right now? And so kind of the book talks about doing some things to really be able to simmer in that and really relish who you're with and the places you're in at this present time. And then the inviting section is at the end, because I do believe once we feel more secure in um, our what I call our priority places and people, so our priority places like where we live and people being our, the family under our roofs, close friends and whatnot, when we're secure there, then we're kind of, we feel more confident in, in reaching out and bringing another in, because I do believe bringing others in is how we create an expanded belonging place for ourselves. So the last part of the book talks about that. 
Yeah, that's so good. And to, and to go back to your finding part, I think you brought up something really important, and that is so much of our issues come from when, you know, we're, we don't recognize where we already are, where we already do belong, and we're always looking, you know, to the the grass that seems to be greener over there. Yes. Now, in your introduction, Kristen, in your book, uh, Backroads to Belonging, you mentioned this struggle, obviously. I mean, this is all about, in a sense, belonging. So you, we have this struggle when we feel like we don't belong, whether that's in our family whether that's in uh, the cool group at university or in your even in your larger family, uh, whether it's in your church community, which is a very real thing, unfortunately, uh, in your work community, and et cetera. But I guess, Kristen, why do we as humans have this innate longing for belonging? Yeah, it's part of that. We long for our heart's real home. And of course, we know that ultimately isn't going to happen until heaven. But I think God has placed in us as his, his image bearers. Part of that looks like knowing we have our place in our people, just having that sense of of being able to exhale and relax a little bit and be be ourselves in front of and not feel like we have to certainly you know, put on any sort of false self. We want to be authentic. We want to be real. We want to like just be able to not be on every moment of every day. And so I think finding a sense of of belonging sort of, it, it translates that way. We want to exhale and be ourselves in front of a group of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kristen, in the first chapter of your book, you mentioned this phrase a couple times. You say the way things were had messed up the way things were supposed to be. What? Yeah, what are you trying to get at in this phrase? Well, I think um, we like to think we know the whole story. <laughs> and we like to think that, okay, if things are going pretty good now, then let's just keep them going pretty good. But the Lord, being able to see everything, being able to see the whole picture, knows that if we um, can, I, I think this came, comes out of really when a, a change, a difficult, a change we didn't want or ask for removes our sense of belonging. And so the Lord is like, I, I know you're content and you're kind of, you know, um, just doing fine right here, but I have something better for you down the road. So you need to trust me and know that sometimes we are asked through a change um, to have a, a better sense of belonging, even if where we are in the moment seems good enough. The Lord has always something better in mind for us. Yeah, that that's so good. Thanks, Kristen. Um, you know, we can't deny that the surrounding culture, and this has not just been in our you know, current, you know, time in history, but surrounding culture in all times of history has always impacted the church. So I'm just wondering, as you were, you know, writing this book, um, I mean, you have been a military for a long time, so you've you've seen a lot when it comes to how war works in that sense. You have children, all these different things. What ways do you think today's culture has affected our understanding of of belonging? Yeah, well, you know, I think whether whatever the group is, you know, whether it's a church or a work environment or what have you, you know, in the olden days, like in of the of the 1900s when I was born, <laughs> the, the I was born in the 1970s, but anyway, in the olden days, you know, it used to be that when we 
we, we would be around classmates or workmates and then we would separate and we would go home, you know? And so at that time, the only people you were ever around were your priority people or the people I was talking about early family members, closer friends, your neighbors, you know, but now with social media, all the people from all the places just follow us right into our living spaces, into our church spaces. We just get a bird's eye view of how everybody is hanging out. And it's easy for us to then believe, oh, goodness, we are on the outside when really we're not. And several years ago, we would never have thought we were out because we wouldn't have known and we wouldn't have seen this larger view of what everybody's doing. So I think that just helps to create that sense of isolation that we that we feel on the inside and that, you know, that, that just that culture of bringing everything home, we just have to kind of, we have to really definitively and um, intentionally do things that help keep that out, to be off, to be separated from it a little bit so that we aren't just taking it all, so we, so, so that we just aren't, don't feel like we're taking it all with us all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the struggle, too, with the whole social media thing is that, you know, it's it's a faux belonging or it's a it's a it's not it's not real. It can only go so far. Like you said, it's only a bird's eye view of other people's lives. So it's it's very distant. It is. It's really like a Band-Aid for like a short term hit of belonging, but it doesn't really do anything sustaining for the long your long term sense of belonging. And you end up just feeling more isolated and alone than before. So, again, just really resting in, you know, the real life people that you're around. That is uh, one big way to help combat that. There's just different things we can do to kind of fight the culture there. Absolutely. Totally. I think that's that's great. Great advice. Um, Kristen, what is the hope for those? And this is men and women who always feel left out. So what is the hope that you provide and you kind of explain in your book? Sure. The hope is, is that they very much do belong. We have a savior who put himself on the outside so that we could always be on the inside. And so at our most truest level, our heart's home is in Christ and we certainly belong in him. So every person belongs. And so I would hope that this book would First of all, leave them with a sense of contentment for where they are as they learn to rest and remain in Christ and relax into the roles God has them today, into the people and places He has them today. But I would also hope that, I would think that the hope would come in also a a, a toolbox of sorts, of simple, doable actions that the book holds to help encourage people to belong. I I mentioned a couple of those earlier. Um, I think sometimes it, it has ideas, concrete and abstract in the book as well, as well as things to do to help increase your sense of belonging. But, um, you know, again, like we were talking, I think narrowing your focus helps expand your sense of belonging. So the, the more you hone in on where you are today and what you can do to bring another in to just really narrow it down to that, it's amazing how that really does make you feel like you belong in a bigger way. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. You know, uh, Kristen, you, you and I both know, obviously, that when there is a physical group of people and we want to belong, it's it's easy to understand that wanting to belong because they're actual people that we want to talk to and, and relate with. But Jesus, we know, has gone up to the Father and he's given us his Holy Spirit. And he says, right, in Matthew 28, I will be with you always to the end of the age. And that should cure our need for wanting to belong. And yet it's spiritual. It's not physical. So maybe, maybe personally, Kristen, like how have you, maybe you can help listeners who maybe feel this 
longing. They, they understand like, yes, I understand that my hope is in Christ, that he, I, I belong with him. He is with me, but it's spiritual. It's not physical. So how do we kind of cultivate this spiritual belonging rather than it being a physical necessarily? Well, um, I tell you, I think a couple of different thoughts there. I think we can grow down in our belonging places where we are today, but also I think becoming okay with where we don't belong. So what I mean by that is um, sometimes rejection is God's protection for what isn't in our best interest. And there we need to be okay with if there's some place we were kind of hoping to belong and it's not working out, we have to just tell ourselves, okay, if the Lord is saying no to that, then it is not in my best interest and I need to be okay with it. However, I do want to belong where I am. Like you said, yes, we certainly have security and belonging with Christ, but God wants us to belong in our environment. So what do we do to help us with that? And I always think, you know, even if we're lonely, even if we're having a hard time, and I, in my life, I've been that. I've been there as a military wife. Like I, at one point I joke, I almost made a sign that says desperate woman seeking friends and stood in my yard (laughs) because I was just, we had moved. I had small children. My husband was gone all the time. I was lonely for for adults. And so, but what I had to do, and this is hard, but what I had to do was I had to be the one to invite others in rather than just waiting for people to kind of drop on my doorstep from the sky <laughs> or from wherever. I had to be the one to go first. And yes, it's kind of awkward sometimes, but as my friend Holly Gerth says, awkward is sometimes the price of admission for authentic community. So you know, I went first. I invited people into my home. I met people at coffee shops, or I just met people where I knew there would be moms, you know, the park or story time at Barnes and Noble. I had to just just put myself out there because sometimes while friends do kind of find you, I think that's few and far between. I think more often you have to kind of put yourself out there to find the friends. Yeah, that, that's such a great practical practical point, taking that initiative. And and like you said, it can be very uncomfortable. It can be awkward. Um, and I think maybe in our age, especially in North America, maybe just in Western civilization, we are kind of taught that we're just given what we, we want and we're given what we need. Yes. So perhaps that translates into this idea of friendships and belonging. We just expect it to come. Um, Oh, amen. And my husband has been in the same boat too. And yeah, I'm introverted. My husband is really introverted. So it was really the kind of the same kind of thing, him initiating invites and invitations and uh, chances to, to just hang out with other fellows to build that guy time, bonding time on his end as well. Absolutely. Kristen, all the various places you have been, you probably were, you know, had to step into a lot of uh, various local churches yes. um, in those areas. So uh, thinking about local churches, what role does the local church play in this fact of belonging, of, of being a son or daughter of Christ and, and belonging? I would say they have the most important role in regarding those that enter their four walls of seeing them. I think uh, one of the best gifts you can give somebody is the gift of being seen. And churches, just like any group, are not immune from cliques and, you know, friends that just kind of naturally gravitate towards each other and, you know, get on with their conversation or their day and not necessarily seeing those on the outside. And uh, like I said, I grew up in a 
I went to the same church as a, as a kid all the way through high school. And I don't, I mean, part of, part of it was cause I was young, but part of it is, I don't know if I really saw newcomers ever because I always had people around that I knew. I never ever was the new person. I was just always there. Well, when I got married and we started moving around, um, I became the new person and often Folks would see me and welcome me in, but often they did not. So I think that that is a key thing the church can do is look to see who's new and make an appoint to get to know them, to have a conversation with them, at the very least to say hi to them. And 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 I've been and we've lived in Colorado Springs now nine years. And so we've been a member of our church now for, I think, five years. And so I see it in myself, like I have to intentionally, instead of just kind of veering towards the people I know real well, I have to really intentionally look around the room in our community group or in our sanctuary and go, okay, who's a person or two that are new or that I don't remember any, in any way meeting before that I could welcome in, bring them in, because that does expand my own sense of belonging when I bring another in. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe for those that are listening who are maybe like yourself, introverts, and they maybe have been justifying not being as people friendly because they are an introvert. How would you challenge them? How would you encourage them? Well, I would say, you know, like I mentioned that quote earlier, awkward is the price of admission. And I think for us introverts, like you said, I'm an introvert too. It feels real awkward to just go up to somebody. You think, am I bothering them? Why do they, they probably don't even want to talk to me, you know, kind of a thing. And I'm not saying you need to go up to them and invite them over for dinner that night. You know, like there's just a whole middle ground between being completely standoffish to, you know, uh, inviting them to stay at your house for a week. I mean, there's a whole like middle ground and that's the middle ground, I think, is what we what we want to explore. And I think it's also just, it's hard, you know, with, with this whole back road notion, back roads often have, they're not smooth, they're, they're not the easiest way to get somewhere. Often they're really bumpy and um, not as smooth as a highway. So that along those same lines, when we're, when we're more introverted, when we're more, you know, kind of just have a harder time putting ourselves out there, I, it helps me to think like, okay, but I'm, I want the back road way. I don't want the main highway way. I'm going, this may be a little uncomfortable. This may be a little against my, out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to do it because this is really, I think Christ's calling for us to welcome others in, to look for those on the outside and bring them in. I mean, that is what his whole life was about. Um, he brought all of, we were all on the outside and he brought us in. So I guess I just think sort of becoming comfortable with the idea that this is just something I need to do. Yeah. And I would say too, though, but with like with anything, it gets easier with practice. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And some of my favorite people, my favorite people have, we've come into relationship because I have stepped out first and, you know, introduced myself or st struck up a conversation. I mean, that's, it's, you just never know what blessings wait beyond the awkward. Absolutely. That's so good. You know, we talk about belonging and th the reality is, is that on this earth, on this world, Christ came and he, he died and he's now calling uh, people to repentance and to belief in him. And therefore, there is this sense of there is the church and there is there's not the church. And I know that there are listeners today that are listening that have yet to repent and to believe in Jesus. Now, both of these you know groups, we could say, or whatever you want to call them, struggle with the negative effects of not belonging. So perhaps you know, what would be some of the first steps to help those in both groups move towards a healthy 
and a true kind of understanding and experience of, you know, the fruit of belonging? And maybe would you encourage both groups differently, maybe? Well, a couple of things come to mind. And I do believe these two things, it would be something that both groups could do. Um, first of all, I I actually did this at one point. I made a list of all the places I belong right now. And that started with, you know, the daughter of Hoyt and Luann O'Neill and the wife of David Strong, mother and then member of the Black Forest community in Colorado Springs and member of Village 7 Presbyterian Church. You know, like I made a literal list and I was shocked at all the places I actually do belong that I just hadn't been thinking about. So I think, you know, that can be a wonderful launching pad to kind of figuring out where we want to go to expand our sense of belonging to. I think something else that we can do is maybe look outside your usual circles and have conversations outside your usual conversations to expand your sense of belonging. Yeah, that that's really helpful. And especially when you, you know, you're talking about writing down, literally writing down the places you belong. I think we'd all be a little bit awakened to how much we do belong. Kristen, before we wrap up here, is there anything else maybe from your book, from our conversation that you would just like to say? Well, I I guess the only other thing I would like to say is that, you know, if you feel like, gosh, I'm putting myself out there and I'm still having a hard time expanding my sense of belonging and I just I feel like I'm doing all the right things and nothing is working out, I would just encourage you to just persevere and just stay on the path because you can't really, well, the only way to guarantee never having a community, never having rich friendships is to completely stop trying. So I would say it is a hundred percent God's heart for you to have your place in your people and he will bring you there, but do just stay on the path and prayerfully consider, okay, Lord, um, where, where do you want me to go next? What do you want me to do? And um, I do believe that he will bring that to you. I think sometimes we just kind of quit too early. So I, that would be what I would say is just keep persevering on the pathway. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, well, that wraps up our time today. If you're listening and you, you want to hear more about this topic of belonging, just go pick up Kristen's new book. We provided all the links needed for that on our episode podcast page. Also be sure to check out kristenstrong.com. There you can find out more about who Kristen is. You can find out more about her other books. Uh, She has a blog on there and there's much more. So anyways, I want to just thank you so much, Kristen. We, We really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to talk with you. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll have the links on the episode page online for Kristen's book, Backroads to Belonging, Unexpected Paths to Finding Your Place and Your People. You can also go to www.kristenstrong.com and check out more about Kristen there, or you can follow her on Instagram, at Kristen Strong. I had the opportunity to read Kristen's book, and I just wanted to share a quick word from it that I found that was really good. You have the right to exist in this world. You have the right to be a real part of God's plan for you in your family and community. You can enthusiastically show up for your assignment instead of apologetically shrinking from it. You can courageously own the present and future gifts you hold from God with you and Christ in you. Let that lead you to intentionally listen to God's affirmation rather than the enemy's accusations. Let that lead you back to the gospel again and again and again. Thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us on In Doubt. 
If there's anything that you'd like to share with us, feedback, ideas, or critiques, I'd encourage you to send us a DM on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us at info at The other thing that we have available for you is our smartphone app, which you can download in the App Store for Apple or Play Store for Android. You'll get notifications when a new episode is available and any big news that we have to share. You can also access everything on the app that's available on the website, and it gives you the option to download any episode right onto your phone. And I just wanted to add that if you would like to help support InDoubt financially, that would be a great help. All that we do, like this podcast, the articles we write, and the events that we host, are done at no cost to you because we want you to have access to tools that will hopefully sharpen your faith in your daily walk with God. All that being said, we do need your help, and if you'd like to add in doubt to your monthly giving, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. I hope you'll listen next week where we'll have guest Maddie Hardy, who's going to share with us about her journey of healing after a terminal cancer diagnosis. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.